Thank you so much for joining us online today at Christ Covenant Church. We hope you sense God's presence and are encouraged by the message. Now, here's Pastor Ryan Weems. If you got a copy of the scriptures, um, maybe Bible, Bible app, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. If you're brand new to the Bible, um, use that index that's in the front of a paper copy. Obviously, digitally, you just keep scrolling. But Ephesians is in the New Testament. Uh, but for those that are brand new, those that are uh, longtime members, just want to remind you, we got so much coming up this month. Uh, next Sunday, we launch a brand new semester of Connect Groups, which is our version of small groups. And we thank God for what he does in rows. But we believe that a real family, real community happens in circles. And what we mean by that is small groups. And so you can get to know people, they get to know you. And we got so many that are launching next Sunday, and, and you can find all of that tomorrow. So, so hopefully you're off, unless you work in retail, but hopefully you're off tomorrow. Um, and if you are, just take a moment, go to our website, christcovnet slash groups, and uh, I missed the slash. I said this, I did the motion after I'd already said slash. Anyways, but christcovnet slash groups, and uh, you can see it tomorrow. All of our groups will be up there early, and then again, they start next week. But then on the 18th, we got a whole bunch of children that we are dedicating uh, to God. It's going to be awesome. And then I think the next Sunday, the 25th, no, 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 two Sundays after that, October 2nd, we got uh, people signed up to be water baptized again. Like, like, like we got to fill that tank up all the time, what God's doing. Isn't that awesome to be a part of a church where God is saving lives? And we call water baptism the slam dunk of Christianity. And so if you've never been water baptized or maybe you were sprinkled as a kid and you're like, hey, I want to do it now as an adult or a young adult because it'll mean more to me than we would love to have that honor. But again, you can find that all on our website. Uh, for those that are new, we're in the middle of a series called You Asked For It because you literally did. Uh, back this past Easter, we had hundreds of our church people fill out a spiritual survey. And, and one of the questions was, hey, what's one topic that you love covered from the Word of God, and we've been hitting different questions that you asked, and, and, and there's a deep one today. And so if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The question that you asked for, that we're going to find answers from God's Word, is this. How do I forgive? How do I forgive? And, and so here's kind of where we're going. I'll read to you uh, some verses from Ephesians. I'll preach a little bit, shout a little bit, and then at the very end... I'm just going to pull back the curtain and just be real and transparent with my journey regarding uh, forgiveness. And I believe God's got some healing for you. Would you believe that with me? Would you say amen? I believe there's healing that God wants to do in your heart, just like he's done in my heart. So Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 29. If you don't have a Bible, like, you know, bring it next week. And we got free ones in the back you can always grab. Uh, but it'll be on the screen um, in the room and online. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. NIV is the translation I'm going to read out of, New International Version. Here's what it says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And I didn't say this first, but I'll say it now. Um, there's really bad theology out there in, in churches um, that the Holy Spirit is an it, like a mist, a vapor. The Holy Spirit is a person. How many of y'all know like it's don't grieve? People grieve, okay? So the Holy Spirit is a person. We serve the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Our God is one, all right? So do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid, verse 31, get rid 
of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. I'm going to say that again. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Would you bow your head with me? Close your eyes. You can keep your Bible or Bible app open. We'll go back to it again and again. Jesus, I pray for everybody in this room, those watching online that are, that are on vacation for the long weekend. And I just pray, God, for every single one, God, that no matter what we're facing, no matter what's been going on in our, in our present or even back to our past, I pray, God, that you bring freedom. I pray, God, that you bring healing. And God, it, it doesn't end today, it starts today. And so may you use every word that I say, even those that you lead me to not say, and may you anoint me and guide me as I preach your word. I know this, your word is already anointed, but I pray you would anoint my words as I speak forth, God, what I believe you wanna say to your people. Have your way in this service, in this place. And if you believe it with me, would you say amen? Amen. I'll start on a little bit of a lighter, <laughs> lighter note here. Um, I don't know, it's gonna be a real heavy, real deep topic, of course, but it's necessary. Uh, but here the last couple of weeks, um, things with my, my car, and I talk about my car, my car, I need to name it, like I talk about it so much, but uh, my car, my 06 Corolla, uh, it's been interesting the last couple of weeks, and I know what's going to happen as I share what's been going on with my car, some of you mechanics are going to like text me after service, well, it's this path, I'm not looking for advice, okay, just so you know, this is just free therapy as I share what's been going on, but a lot of you have been in this kind of boat before, or should I say car, because you got maybe a, a seasoned car like I do. I didn't say old, I said seasoned. Like your, your car's got character, right? Maybe like mine. Uh, but really for a long time I've had issues, but the last couple of weeks it's gotten real bad to the point where uh, I don't know when my car is going to start or not start. And so I've gotten stranded different places. And I mean, I know that ain't fun, right? That gets old real quick. And, and so it's gotten real bad and and, uh, and really just over the years, I've had a lot of battery problems, spent a lot of money on, on batteries in that car. And, and not just that, but, but I've had issues with like the corrosion with the terminals, the connectors. And, and, and like, I've just been keeping a, like, I don't know if you have this in your car, if you got an older one, but I just keep a can of like corrosion spray in the trunk just in case and it turns colors you know whenever it's eating away the corrosion and all that stuff and and i've used coca-cola anybody use coca-cola on your battery that always makes me nervous because i'm like that goes in my body you know <laughs> and i'm putting that to get rid of the corrosion anyways so i've done that too but it's just been a problem for a long time now and i've just tried to work on it myself but y'all know i can barely hang a picture it's more or less work on a car and, and so it's gotten real bad again these last couple of weeks and so uh, I realized, because I actually got straight here for a little bit, which I guess it could be worse places, but I was trying to get home after the day, and so I eventually got the car to start um, by getting the car, I just, I just tried over and over again, and eventually it did, and I'm like, I got to get in the zone, auto zone, and so I go to an auto zone, uh, they're not sponsoring this message, I wish they would, I would take the money, but anyways, and so I went to, to auto zone by my house. And they checked the battery. You've probably done this before, especially if you have an older car. Battery is good. The connection's bad. And so you should be proud of your pastor. I changed the terminals, the connectors. Now, I say I changed. The guy did it, but I cheer him on as he changed. And uh, <laughs> that's actually kind of true. And so, uh, so we get it changed. The connections were good now, but it still was not starting and so i'm sure you can diagnose it in the mechanics but i'm not looking for that and so it's late at night at this point 
and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get home. Uh, Isabel, my, my wife, she's got the kids. We have two vehicles. One's that car and then one's the SUV. She got the nice one, which she should have. And so she's coming uh, just to kind of witness my failure. No, just kidding. I asked her to come and she's seeing everything. The kids are in the car. It's getting close to 11 midnight somewhere. It's late. And I'm like, I gotta do something. My, my mechanic skills have taken me as far as I can go. And so I've got to do something. Now, you know this about your pastor. Your boy is cheap. And so I'm like, I'm not paying for a tow. I am too close to the house. I am a little over a mile away. So I had a genius idea. It sounded so good in the moment. It was not a good idea. I had the genius idea. You know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a young whippersnapper. I'm a young man. I, you know, I'm 35, about to be 36. I'm going to push this car. Now, now, keep in mind, I am in my slide sandals at I'm not dressed for the occasion. Uh, again, the kids are there. Isabel's there in the SUV. And, and uh, I start to push this car. Um, I've pushed cars before, even some of mine before, but I had never pushed them a little over a mile. I realized what you already knew, that, that, that a mile is really far <laughs> when you're pushing a car. So thank the Lord. There was this good Samaritan. There's this guy. I, I didn't even get his name. Um, like I didn't even get his name, but this good Samaritan guy, he was actually on a date with his girlfriend. Uh, they had just come from the movies. He's all looking good, smelling good. He pulls over. He's like, you need help? I'm like, please, sir, would you, would you help me? You, you want to see a grown man cry? Like, help me. And so he starts helping me push and that, I mean, I wouldn't have made, I didn't even get to our house, by the way, but I got to a park by our house and and uh, he helped us push. And so I was like, hey, uh, hey uh, what were y'all doing? And he's like, oh, we went to see the new Dragon Ball Z movie. But anyways, and so he's pushing and we get it there. And, and uh, I, here's what I was thinking the whole time. Now, now God's like, I am a living, breathing testimony because a couple of years ago, I would have had to get saved again after this experience, like the things I would have been thinking and saying. But, but I wasn't there, thankfully. God, God has done a, a big work. But here's what I was thinking and, and here's the point. I was thinking this, that, that for years, I have neglected the problems with this car. Like for years, I've just kind of done what I could do every once in a while. Like I haven't dealt with the problems properly. And so because I've put off that work, that's going to cost me something. Because I put off the work that really it would take to fix this car and make it work properly. Because I've delayed it for far too long, it is actually now causing me more problems. And it's going to actually cost me more money than if I just would have dealt with it right to begin with. And that's going to preach a little bit right there, even on a Labor Day weekend, that there are things in our lives that we have not dealt with. There is there are wounds, there is baggage, there is problems, there's issues. And we're like, I don't have time for that. I don't have the energy that it would take to deal with that. And so a lot of us have done spiritually what I had done physically with the car and we have neglected the problems. And can I tell you, sir, ma'am, they're not gonna get better on their own. They ain't going away. In fact, you can sweep it under the rug as much as you want to in your marriage, in your family, with your past. And how many of y'all know, some of us underneath the rug in our home, spiritually, we got a mountain of stuff because we've been sweeping, 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 not wanting to deal with it. But again, the problem's not going to get better. It's actually going to get worse. And this is why the truth, the reality of our lives, this is why I love Ephesians chapter 4 and really the whole Bible, but it's just so practical. 
just to give you quick context, the Apostle Paul is writing here. This is a man of God. He actually had not just a soul change when God saved him. God changed his name. I mean, God is totally wrecked in a good way. Saul, who became Paul the Apostle's life. And, and he started churches. And he wrote letters to these churches, churches, excuse me, and that's what Ephesians is. And specifically in Ephesians chapter 4, the verses that we read, Paul is helping the church with their pain. He knows that represented not just in the world, in culture, but, but especially even in the church, there, there's pain, there's, there's hurt, there's betrayal. And so because of all of that, Paul is giving the church back then and also Christ Covenant Church today practical tools, practical handles of how do you navigate that pain? What do you do with bitterness? What do you do with unforgiveness? Like, how do you handle that? How do you actually walk in freedom? How do you move forward? And again, it's so practical. It's so helpful. And so if you got a pen or a piece of paper or maybe your, your iPhone open, I want you to take a couple of notes today. If you don't need it today, you'll need it next week or next month because unforgiveness and bitterness, it's a real problem that we all deal with multiple points in our life. But here's the first encouragement that Paul gives to us, the church. Number one, he says, y'all need to lose the weight. And I ain't talking about post-COVID weight, even though that would be awesome. I ain't talking about freshman 15, if you just started school and you're like, whoa, this is not going like I thought it would. I ain't talking about that. that, that we need to lose the weight spiritually, that there is bitterness, there, there's baggage that, that so many of us are carrying around. And Paul, Paul's saying it this way, this is a Pastor Ryan translation. He's saying, life is hard enough, let's not make it harder. <laughs> like life is difficult, let's not make it even more challenging. You see, in life, there are too many of us that are carrying extra burden. There's too many of us that are walking around, even people in church, I would even say especially people in church, that we are carrying all this weight on us that we were never meant to carry. That we are moving around in life on this journey and we are so weighed down, yes, by the past, but also by the struggles of the present. And we are getting tired. We are getting weary but paul's like hey you were never meant to carry all that weight like you were never meant to carry that burden think about it practically for a moment let's say that you and i were like hey let's go let's go climb a mountain together right say say we decide that I, i'd be down for that now now obviously there's none in houston but let's just pretend for a moment that the heights actually has high mountains not just high rises that are expensive okay so let's just pretend that we, we go on a mountain climbing journey Here's a question that you would not ask. If you and I are going mountain climbing, you wouldn't ask this. Hey, hey, pastor, how much weight do you think I could carry up that mountain? Like, like how much? Like, like 50 pounds? 100 pounds? 200? You wouldn't be asking that, would you? Right? Like, instead, here's what you would be asking. What is the bare minimum that I have to take up that mountain? Like, can I just go up with no bag at all? Here's what you would be asking. What weight can I leave behind and again i think that will preach a little bit spiritually because so many of us are carrying this uphill battle this uphill journey we are carrying far too many burdens far too much bitterness and it is making the journey harder than god ever intended it to be i know all that's bad news but i've got the best news that even though that burden is too heavy 
you no longer have to carry it. Can I get an amen from somebody? You can actually get rid of it. You can let it go. Somebody shout, lose the weight. You can actually lose the weight. Like you can get rid of all that bitterness. I, I just need to tell you, like, like eye to eye, like face to face, that bitterness is too much for you. It is way too much. Oh, you don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know my journey. You don't know my struggle. You may be the strongest man or woman alive, but you are still not strong enough to carry all that bitterness around. It will not only destroy you, it will destroy every relationship that you have. And I hope that you'll heed the words of God and not say, no, I'm going to try it anyways, because you'll be back to God's word. And you'll say, God, help me, because I was not as strong as I thought I was, that, God, I need your strength to get rid of that weight, to lose that bitterness on the inside of me. It ain't helping. It's actually hurting. Now, when we talk about bitterness and when we talk about unforgiveness, I, I need to say this before I go any farther. I know that this is one of those messages that triggers people. I know it. I know as soon as I said bitterness or unforgiveness, there was a picture that came up in your mind. Maybe past church hurt, because that's real. Maybe betrayal by a spouse or a close friend or a family member, maybe a business partner, ex-business partner. Uh, maybe it's something that happened to you when you were a child and your innocence was, was stolen from you. But I know this is one of those messages. It's a deep work. I, I get it. And so I, not at all am I trying to belittle your pain. I want you to know that. Not at all am I thinking that, hey, one message is going to change everything. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that your journey with forgiveness, that your journey towards freedom can begin today. That even though if that pain is great and those wounds are very, very deep, still there is hope for you. And as you try your best with God's strength to get rid of that bitterness, not just one time, it ain't one and done, baby. But every single day, every time you start to replay what happened or what is happening to you, that if you, with God's help, say, I'm going to get rid of that. Ain't nobody got time for that. That's weight I was never meant to carry. That you can start that journey today towards freedom. That there is hope for you. Does anybody believe just like I believe and our staff and our elders believe that even though the wound is great, God's grace and love and mercy is greater? Does anybody believe that? That you can still have hope and healing in Jesus' name. He will give you the strength, but he wants to partner with you. He says, get rid of it. Like, get rid of it. Make a decision that the roots of bitterness, I'm going to pull that thing out by the root, and I'm going to cast it away in Jesus' name, that it has no reign in my life anymore. It's not going to hurt me any longer. I'm not going to hold on to it any longer. We've got to lose the weight. You can partner with God today to get rid of all that bitterness. Here's the truth. For some of you, bitterness is what's robbing you of your peace. And you've been blaming it on other stuff. You know, what's happening in, in the economy, which it's horrible. Like I get it, inflation is horrible. But you've been blaming it on that. You've been blaming it on this person or that person. I, I just gotta be real honest with you. It's not all that stuff. The reason why you lack peace 
is because this bitterness that's on the inside of you and nothing will satisfy you any longer. You're bitter and it's robbing you of peace. Some of you, bitterness is keeping you broken on the inside and you show up on a Sunday, you put on the Christian mask and you act like everything's okay, but you're broken on the inside. Some of you, it's confiscating your joy. It's delaying your destiny. You need to hear this. God loves you so much to not yet give you the thing you're praying and hoping for because he knows that you're not whole. And if he, this is a word for somebody, and if he gave you what you've been praying and hoping for and mad at God for, if he gave it to you now, it would actually destroy you. And so God in his goodness and graciousness, in his sovereignty, daddy knows best. And all of that, he's like, I can't give it to you yet until you're whole and you can handle it properly. So some of you are like, why am I not here? Why am I not doing that? There's bitterness there that God wants to deal with. He wants to get that out of your life. For far too many, bitterness is keeping you locked up in spiritual chains. And you're like, I don't have the freedom like I used to to worship. I don't have the freedom like I used to to, to open up God's word and get so much out of it. I, feel, I just feel dull. I feel like I'm not getting anything. It's because you're locked up. There's bitterness on the inside but again that's bad news good news is god is greater and he can set you free and if you believe it would you shout amen he wants to get you free but you got to get rid of that bitterness it's not helping it's actually hurting you were never meant to carry that extra weight and you don't need it you got to deal with it that's the first thing paul talks about to the church to us here's a second encouragement if you're taking notes we'll spend more time here that even when you've been hurt, with God's help, we can still, number two, cancel the debt. To cancel the debt. And this is the transition in the service where God has been going to do a deep work in your hearts. And it's not easy, but it is necessary. I'll reread to you verse 32. We read it at the very beginning, Ephesians 4. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And so the transition here, or really the, the mode in our hearts, the strategy is that, that God would cancel our debt and then we would cancel other people's debts. That because of what he has done for us, we believe that he can do that through us for others. There's a story, and you can turn there if you like. I'll just give you the high-level version, Cliff Notes. Uh, we used to call it pink monkey notes back in the day. That was one of those off like bootleg sites that you could still get help for reading books. Anyways, <laughs> but Matthew chapter 18, if you want to turn there, I'll just give you a high level. Matthew chapter 18, I believe starting in verse 21. But in this text, very first book in the New Testament, Jesus is with his disciples, his, his, his buddies, his, his best friends. And, and they're discussing different things and, and, and they're sharing meals together, all this kind of stuff. And kind of in between ministry moments and and it's in Matthew chapter 18 verse 21 that they begin to to shift their focus to the topic of forgiveness what we're talking about today and remember Jesus is not in front of a crowd he's in front of his disciples his boys and Peter one of the 12 Peter asked Jesus this question and Peter if you don't know it he was a suck-up okay he was a teacher's pet he was always trying to make the other disciples look like fools and for him to look like the master. That's just, well, like he had foot and mouth disease, okay? Always putting his foot in his mouth when he would say things. That's what he had. 
I can relate to Peter a lot, but anyways. So Peter pipes up, topic of forgiveness. And he asks Jesus this question. You can read it for yourself later. I'd encourage you to do that. But he asks Jesus this question. Peter asks, Jesus, if somebody hurts us, should we forgive them seven times? Somebody shout seven. Somebody shout seven. That number is important. So Peter's sucking up, trying to look super spiritual in front of Jesus. He's like, Jesus, if like people hurt us, should we forgive them seven times? Now, the reason why he says seven is this. If you study the culture back then, religious leaders of the day, so you can think of pastors, they actually discussed this topic of forgiveness, just kind of like we're having a discussion. And, uh, and they had decided, religious leaders, the pastors, that if somebody hurts you three times during that day, you could forgive them all three times. But they literally, this is crazy to me, the pastors had decided that if somebody hurts you a fourth time, you didn't have to forgive them. So Jesus obviously knew that, and so did Peter, that the limit the pastors had put on it was three times. So again, this is how Peter is sucking up to Jesus. He's like, Jesus, I know these pastors, and you kind of get on them a lot, Jesus. I know they say three times, but what if we did not four, not five, not six, seven times? He thinks he's doing something special. You can almost picture him like wringing his hands together, right? Like just waiting for Jesus to be, oh, you're so awesome. Oh, you're so amazing. You can see Jesus' response if you got Matthew 18 open. Jesus says this, hey, 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 seven's great, Peter. Um, but how, some of your translations say it this way, but how about 77 times seven? <laughs> So Jesus goes way beyond. Now, I just went to Bible college. I took one math class, but I think that's around 490, right? That's a lot more than three. That's a lot more than seven. Jesus takes it to the extreme that no matter what the debt is, you can cancel it. And then he tells a story. And in this story, it's again there in Matthew 18, it is a parable, which is a story with a purpose. There's like, there's a, a moral to this story. There's spiritual principles and points. And Jesus would do this all the time. But he tells Peter 77 times 7. The other disciples are there. Then he tells this story. And in this story, this high level, there is this guy who owes this king 10,000 bags of gold. Now, gold was worth a lot back then, just like it still is worth a lot today. But still, that's hard to translate. So if you translate that, what it was worth then to, compared to what that'd be worth now... Check this out. It was somewhere around $1 billion of debt. You think you have a lot of debts, which maybe you do, but it ain't $1 billion. Like, that's billion with a B. Y'all hearing me? That's a, that's a lot. And so this guy owes the king $1 billion, and he could work his entire life and not make enough back to pay off the king. And so this guy in the story that Jesus is telling, he goes to the king, and he is begging him for mercy. Not to have it canceled. He's begging him to, hey, would you extend my, my deadline? Like, I know I've been doing minimum payments for a while now, and I owe more than I did at the very beginning, but could you extend it longer? Like, do I got to go back to school so you'll delay it a little bit longer? Like, like, like what, what do I have to do? Like, he is begging this king for mercy, and the king stands up, and the king says, I'm not going to extend your deadline. I'm not going to cut $1,000 or $100,000 off of it. I'm not going to cut. Here's what the king says. I'm going to cancel your entire debt. $1 billion you no longer owe me. How many of y'all wish MasterCard or Visa would call you up today in Jesus' name? Hey, you don't owe any more money. On, like, right? Like, that's amazing. It's incredible. 
this guy is obviously elated. Well, the story doesn't stop. In fact, it gets just better. What happens next? Well, this guy who has been forgiven a $1 million or $1 billion debt, he's got a buddy. He's got a friend that owes him money. We all have friends like that. If they're here with you in service, do not make eye contact, okay? Be like, hey, you still owe me money from what I loaned you years ago. But he's got a buddy that owes him some silver, which again, when you translate it to our context, is like modern day, his buddy owes him about $1,700, so 1,700. Now that's still a lot of money. That's still maybe your apartment payment or close to your house payment possibly, but, but, it, but it's not a billion, right? Can we agree? It's different. This guy, even though he's had his debt canceled, he's mad at his friend. He's like, you should have given me back that money. And here's what he does. He has his friend thrown in jail. You don't need any friends like that in your life. He's like, you're going to jail, buddy. And so all of this gets back to the king. And I'm going to read this next part for you. All of it gets back. And you can imagine the king is angry. Matthew chapter 18, verse 32. Then the master, so this is the king. Then the master, the king, called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt, $1 billion worth, because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master, the king, handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Verse 35, here is the spiritual point. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Notice this, a couple of key things from Jesus' story, this parable with a purpose. What's Jesus say at the very end of this? For you to forgive your brother or your sister. I found this out in church that that oftentimes it's, it's easier to forgive a stranger than it is to forgive your spouse. That oftentimes it's easier to forgive someone that we have no relationship with than to forgive your, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your, your best friend. Why? Because you're so close. Because you've opened up your heart to them. And I just think it's interesting that at all the examples Jesus could give, he said brother or sister. But brother or sister is not just family, it could be church family. It could be a, a pastor, it, it could be an elder, it could be somebody you served with in ministry, it could be somebody from your, your, your upbringing in church. Forgive your brother or sister. Not only that, the second thing I want you to take notice of what Jesus says, that this man that's been forgiven the $1 billion that won't forgive his friend, not only was he thrown up, or thrown up, not only was he thrown in jail, but he was tortured. Look at me, everybody. This is how some of you have felt with that hurt and that pain, tortured. I know this is deep stuff, but you, you need this message. We all do. And that's how you felt at night. The pain of the past has been replaying in your mind. Some of you, you are grown, your kids are grown now, but you are still hurting from something that happened back at home when, with your dad or your mom decades ago. You're still replaying it like it was last week. You're tortured. So not only does it bring bondage when we don't forgive others, but it actually is it's torturing. 
It's replaying the offense, can't get over it, can't get past their face, the image of what they did or what's happening. So Jesus gives the story that not only has has our debt been canceled, but, but we can cancel other people's debts. And here's what this looks like. And I'll share with you my journey. A lot of people have forgiveness wrong. Here's what people think forgiveness is. They think it's, it's, it's me giving something back to that person who hurt me. Get this image, it's almost like me giving them, like, like it was okay, or hey, I'll be all right. Like you're giving them something back. Maybe even it feels like you're giving them power back. But that's not at all what forgiveness is. Forgiveness, I hope you're hearing me today. Forgiveness is not you giving something, it's you releasing something. It's a big difference. When you forgive someone, you're not giving them something back. Remember, debts are canceled. They don't owe you anything and you don't owe them anything. There's no transaction. When you forgive something, someone, you're not giving them something, you're releasing that forgiveness, you are taking your hands off of the hurt. You are letting go of it. You are releasing it. And as you let go of the hurt, as you say, you know what? I am releasing. I'm not giving you anything. I'm releasing that forgiveness. As you do that, the chains fall off. The shackles are destroyed. You don't give them something you release unforgiveness, and I can't give the person credit, I can't remember who it was, but it's a great quote. When you have unforgiveness in your heart, it's like you drinking rat poisoning and thinking it's gonna hurt the person who hurt you. You're holding on to it, you're white knuckling it. But Jesus says, that's only gonna destroy you more. You release it, not because they deserve it and not because they're necessarily good, but because Jesus is good take my hands off of it God it's been hurting me for far too long it happened a long time ago but, and I'm, I'm grown now but, but it's still hurting me I'm going to take my hands off of it I, I'm going to release it just like you just like you I've had moments in my life many of them and I know there's many to come where I have been deeply hurt by someone else all have stories of this and I opened up about a year and a half ago to the church I'd never shared that publicly before it wasn't because I was hiding anything it just wasn't the right time but God led me a year and a half ago to share this publicly and I'll, I'll share it again briefly today but I was like far too many people I was sexually abused as a child the innocence taken away I don't even want to give you the numbers. You can look it up later. But it's, 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 it's like heartbreaking. It will double you over just how many people, and I'm sure there's a lot represented in this service that are like me. Now, what I went through, and this is actually fairly common, I found out. But what I went through is, is I um, subconsciously suppressed that like a coping mechanism, like a fight or flight thing that we'll do, and not just as a child, but 
so I, I didn't remember it for a long time. And believe it or not, it got, like, got brought back into my memory while I was at Bible college. So I'm in my 20s at that point. So here I am, like, I'm studying to be a pastor so I could pastor people like you. And all of a sudden I'm remembering what happened to me. It was a friend of the family. My parents didn't know it was happening. And I'm like broken. I'm trying to be trained up to, to pastor and there I am hurting. And, and God helped me on that journey. Remember, it's not gonna change in one day. It's a journey, but it can start today. And God brought me along and now I'm able to share my story and I've forgiven that person. They've since died and and I don't know if they're in heaven. If, if, they, if they gave their life to Jesus afterwards, they're in heaven and I'm okay saying that. We don't earn our way to heaven. And maybe you're not there, I, I get it. But you can get there. Like a lot of you, I have church hurt in my life. Some people are crazy, man. Y'all think us pastors don't like get hurt by people. We get hurt a lot by people. I've had it here in Houston, but it's still too fresh. I've just been here like five years. <laughs> Can't share it yet. Maybe one day. But I've got church hurt in my life. There's this one guy, I shared this a year and a half ago, but one pastor I worked for, and this was back in the day where like you weren't just youth pastor, you were also the trash man and uh, you were also the lawn guy, and they actually owned a baseball field, <laughs> and so I was out there doing that, and, and you know, you're also facilities guy, and which obviously that was a train wreck <laughs> by my lack of experience with that stuff, and um, you did all these things, and, and I had made some big mistakes, so I was not like completely just not at fault, but, but that pastor who I was serving and working so hard for, like he really cut into me and really hurt me, and make it worse and some of you have experienced this later on months later he called me asking for my help with something and pretending like that whole process never happened but it was it was a journey it's a journey I've, I've, I've forgiven there's no bitterness I can talk about it to help you now because God has done that work in me and I've got other stories just like you've got stories but but here's the reality that when I have forgiven people that have hurt me in those ways or even in other ways, I don't need an apology from them. Some of you are waiting on an apology. That's their thing. If they do it, that's great. But whether they apologize or not, it didn't matter. Because remember, they don't owe me anything and I don't owe them anything. Jesus has canceled my debt and so I cancel everybody else's debt to me. And I'm not giving them something, I'm releasing forgiveness. I'm getting my hands off of it. So here's the question. Do you want to keep holding on to that pain or do you want to give it to God? Do you want to hold on to it and white knuckle it because you think you're strong enough? Or are you going to humble yourself today like a kid again and say, God, this is too big for me. It's hurting me. And God, I, I release it. I cancel the debt. I let go, I get my hands off of it, Jesus. And I pray starting today and every other day 
that anytime I'm reminded of what happened or anytime that I'm in that situation, God, that it seems similar, I just have flashbacks. There's little things, man. There's food that can take you back to a moment. There's smells that can take you back. Then anytime that those memories flood my mind again, God, I'm gonna get rid of that bitterness. I'm gonna ask you to help me to forgive them, even if it's just a whisper, God, because I want to be free. I wanna be free. your eyes with me, bow your heads Jesus there's real pain there's real hurt there's there's real real heavy stuff, deep wounds I know there's bitterness represented in this house and it's taken root and, and it's grown and it's ugly and it's nasty and we're starting to see it spill over into other relationships and other areas of our life And so I pray, God, it's not going to be solved in one moment necessarily, but I pray, God, today, Holy Spirit, give us the strength to dig out that bitterness. I know it hurts. I know it's hard. But give us the strength, Holy Spirit, to dig out that bitterness, roots and all, and to get rid of it. And not just today, but every day. I pray, God, that you would help us to get a fresh revelation of how you've canceled all of our sin debt. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But you canceled it. It says in your word, as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed our transgressions, our sins from us. It also says this, that you remember them no more. You wiped the slate clean. God, you've canceled our debts, forgiven us of so much. So we cancel the debt of everyone else. We don't give them anything. We release forgiveness. We release it. We get our hands off of it. We let go because we want to be free. We want to be free. God, I pray for anybody in this service, in the room or online, that maybe has never given their life to you. That's where we start in this journey. Based on what your word says, I don't think we can truly forgive other people until we've received your forgiveness. So friend, you have a chance right now that you could receive God's free forgiveness. It's a gift. You can't earn it. None of us deserve it. But it's available right now cancel your sin debts. He'll cancel it. Here's how you do that. Eyes closed. Romans, which is another book in the Bible. The Apostle Paul wrote it. But Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Debt canceled. So you can do that right now. You can whisper to the Lord, Jesus, I confess that you are God. You are real. You're my Lord. I'm going to serve you. I confess that. I speak that out. You can whisper this to him. Jesus, I also believe that you died on the cross and that you rose from the dead. Jesus, I ask you to cancel my debts. 
to forgive me of all my sin, to clean me up from the inside out. If you're saying that prayer right now, Jesus hears you, he loves you, and he is pouring out his forgiveness on your life. Now, Lord, I pray for for those that said that prayer and also everybody else. I pray, God, that you'd help us to reflect that grace and forgiveness to others. Even when, especially when it's not easy to release that forgiveness. It's a process, it's a journey, but we wanna start it today. Help us, God, to walk in forgiveness, to lose that extra weight that we were not called to carry and to be free people. And we know what your word says, and God is so encouraging that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you, God, that your freedom is lasting. Your freedom is real. We give you glory for what you've done today in both services. And we ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ or if your life has been impacted in any way, please send us an email at info at We would love to hear your story. And for those that committed your life to Christ, we want to help you on your new journey by sending our free Start Bible Kit in the mail. If you'd like to partner with us financially, simply click on the Give tab at ChristCove.net. There it will take you to a safe and secure page where you can set up a one-time or recurring gift to help us accomplish our vision, heaven full and hell empty. And as always, you can find out more about Christ Covenant on our website or on Facebook or Instagram at Christ Cove Houston. 